wisdom rise ancestors surround us rise. welcome to advancing the art of aging i'm carol silver elliott president and ceo of the jewish home family a continuum of services for older adults located in northern bergen county new jersey Today, we're going to depart from our usual format on our podcast, and rather than have a guest, I'm just going to use this time to talk just for a few minutes about a subject that we at the Jewish Home Family feel very strongly about, and that is elder abuse and elder abuse prevention. We're doing that today, June 15th, because today, whether you know it or not, is World Elder Abuse Prevention Day. And it's an interesting thing to think about the need for an international day to raise awareness around elder abuse, but it is very real. In the United States alone, estimates are that there are between three and a half and five million victims of elder abuse each year. If I had to guess, I would tell you those numbers are higher even because of the isolation and family concentration forced by our recent bout with COVID-19 in this country and, of course, around the world. You know, people will say, how could anyone abuse an older adult? But the reality is that there are abusive relationships in every kind of meaningful relationship. We hear about domestic violence. We sadly hear about child abuse. We even hear about people who abuse animals. So it stands to reason, I guess, that sadly, there are those who would abuse older adults. We got into working with elder abuse and elder abuse victims six years ago here at the Jewish Home Family. We were brought to this work really through the pioneering work of our friends at the Weinberg Center at the Hebrew Home in Riverdale, New York. Dan Reingold and Joyce Solomon, who have been the pioneers of elder abuse prevention and the shelter movement in this country, really have been an inspiration to all of the other shelters that exist. Now, I just told you that we have between three and a half and five million victims every year. And the sad truth is we have just over 20 shelters in the United States. So that's a frightening statistic because there are many people who are not getting the help that they need. What is elder abuse? The definition of elder abuse is abuse at the hands of a trusted caregiver. Oftentimes people think about it and they think that it means it happens within facilities, residential settings, you know, um, home health aides, people who are in the home. And certainly there are cases that take place. I would not deny that. But the vast majority of cases, believe it or not, that abuse is being perpetrated by a family member, sometimes a spouse, most often an adult child or grandchild. What forms does elder abuse take? Of course, we think about physical abuse. Physical abuse is that kind of abuse that would involve hitting or shoving or pushing or anything that is physically violent in nature. We talk about emotional abuse, and that might be someone who is withholding affection, who is belittling someone, 
who is calling them names, berating them. It's very closely linked to verbal abuse, although verbal abuse often has a higher level of violent language involved in it. All of those are forms of elder abuse. Another form of elder abuse is sexual abuse, which takes the same forms as it does in other relationships where you see abuse of a sexual nature. It's often violent against someone's will always and done really as a mechanism for control oftentimes and really, frankly, the sign of someone who's quite disturbed that you would do such a thing. Neglect is another type of abuse that we see happening with older adults. When we talk about neglect, what we're talking about is an older adult whose needs are not being met by their caregiver, by their trusted caregiver, that individual who's in the position of providing, whether it's food, clothing, and shelter, medications, assistance of some sort, who are failing to meet their obligations. And last but not least, we talk about financial exploitation, financial abuse. Sadly, in almost every case, if not in every case of elder abuse, financial exploitation plays a role. Maybe it's the beginning, maybe it's the end, but it's always there. Sometimes with an adult child or grandchild, there's a sense of justification that, you know, this all will eventually be mine or some portion thereof, so I'm just helping myself a little bit early. But the reality is that older adults are often the victims of this sort of abuse. And while we read about the scams and the frauds that absolutely exist, the elder abuse that we are most concerned about is that financial abuse where older adults are stripped of their assets, their financial control gone, and that's all at the hands of someone who purports to be their loved one. It's a very difficult situation. So what do we do at the Jewish Home Family about elder abuse? What's our role in this? We are one of those handful of shelters that exist around the country. And as I said earlier, we have been for six years. An elder abuse shelter is really a place where someone 65 and over can have a safe haven for a period of time. In the case of our shelter, we provide a stay within the walls of one of our residential facilities, whether it's the Jewish Home at Rockley or Jewish Home Assisted Living, for a period of 90 to 120 days. We do that at no charge. All of the services, physician services, pharmacy services, any of the other ancillaries are also being provided pro bono by those providers. Our goal here is to create a separation from the abuser so that the older adult has an opportunity to heal, to renew their sense of self-esteem, and for us to help them find a path to living in the safest and least restrictive setting. That's a process we start on day one. It's very important for us to get in there and bring about a separation between the victim and the abuser. So think about it, and maybe think about it in the context of, of a program you've seen or a story you've read. What happens when an older adult goes to the emergency room and they're injured? It's their victim of physical abuse. 
the emergency room nurse or physician may go to them and say, Mrs. So-and-so, what happened to you? And before that older adult can actually talk about what transpired, their child, their adult child who is with them and, yes, is the abuser, jumps in and says, oh, she's so clumsy, she's so this, she's so that, and creates that intervention that prevents the hospital staff from identifying this as an abuse situation. Then what happens? As is typical in every form of abuse, the abuser says those words that have the magic touch, I'm so sorry, I won't do it again. And because this is someone important in your life, in fact, perhaps your child or your grandchild, almost every time the victim says, I believe you. I know this won't happen again, of course, until the next time. When we intervene with a victim, we intervene by giving them a space, two weeks with no phone calls, no visitors, no interactions, except with our staff and other professionals, two weeks to be able to say, boy, I have perspective on this now, and this was not a good situation for me. I need to be out of there. I need to do something else. We begin discharge planning for these folks from the minute they arrive at our door because our goal is not keeping people within the Jewish home. That's not it at all. Our goal is to discharge people to the safest place that we can find for them, the place that they will be able to live out a life with dignity, with safety, with peace, and hopefully with purpose. So often we find that there's another adult child who has no idea their sibling has been abusing mom or dad. We often are able to help that person find someplace to live closer to their other child or closer to other family members. And again, in doing so, to give them a true, full, second chance. When a victim comes to us at the Jewish home, they are always in an emergent situation. We have so many stories of victims and the terrible indignities and abuse that they've suffered. I will give you a couple of examples. One is a woman who was with us just a couple of years ago. Her daughter was physically abusing her, and the daughter and her boyfriend were financially exploiting her. This little tiny lady did not feel well one day, and she begged her daughter to take her to the doctor. It was a hot day in August, and the daughter refused. And she refused because mom had bruises on her arm from being shaken and squeezed by the daughter and the boyfriend. But this woman didn't feel well, and when her daughter left the house, she decided she was going to walk herself to the hospital on a day that was more than 90 degrees, in a condition that really wasn't even strong enough to do that. She got about a block, and a neighbor saw her and asked her what was going on. And she shared her story. And the neighbor brought her a chair and a glass of water and at the same time called the police. That woman was transported to shelter where she stayed with us for several months until we could find her a place to live where she could live safely. And her daughter, oh, by the way, was prosecuted and convicted. That's not the only story. We have stories of people who are so afraid that their daughter or son is going to throw them down the stairs, who tell us that their child 
hits them in the head so that no one can see the marks. We heard stories of people who deny their loved ones food, who are using all of their funds to buy illicit drugs or to feather their own nest in whatever way they feel necessary. Who's vulnerable to elder abuse? Anyone really is. I encourage you to Google Mickey Rooney's testimony in front of the Senate about elder abuse a number of years ago. Here's a man who was in full possession of his faculties, had had a very successful career, had made a lot of money that was well managed, and his son and daughter-in-law moved back into his life, and he vividly describes exactly what abusers do. They started taking his choices away, they made his world a smaller and smaller place. So gradually, he didn't really notice until one day he realized he had lost all control of his life. He had the connections and the wherewithal and the resources to get out of it, not without losing a substantial sum of his assets, but to get out and reclaim his life. Many of our victims don't have the opportunity to do that. What can you do to help prevent elder abuse? The first is keep your eyes and ears open. If you see something, if you see something that's changed with an elderly person that you know, suddenly they're disheveled where they never were before, or a child moves back into their home and you never see them again when you used to see them in their yard every single day, or someone who used to be at religious services with you who suddenly has either disappeared or is there but totally different in their interactions. There is absolutely no reason not to pick up the phone, call Adult Protective Services. They are our staunch partners in this work. Tell them what you think. Tell them what you're seeing and hearing, and they will investigate. There's no involvement for you other than making that initial referral. But if they investigate and they find a situation that needs to be addressed or needs to be remedied, they will do it. And you will have had the opportunity to save a life. And there is no greater gift than that. Today on World Elder Abuse Awareness Day, we encourage everyone to take a moment and think about the older adults in your life. Think about the situations they're in. Think about their vulnerabilities and your own vulnerabilities. And please, if you see something, say something. The life you save could be one of our older adults. The life you, could, you save will make a difference. Thank you all. Rise, all of the children rise. Elders with wisdom rise. Sisters surround us. Right.